Hey everybody and welcome to Positively Midwest. This is episode 43 and with me as always, I'm Steve Juren. Sorry, I forget to introduce myself. <laughs> with me as always That's is my wife, funny. Catherine. Hello, hello. So tonight's episode is going to be um, on quite a serious note. We've kind of talked a little bit about it in our last episode with Carrie Johnston um, about mental health awareness and... Uh, we even talked a little bit about um, suicide prevention. And uh, this is something that I have struggled with myself and uh, before in the past. And it's something I just wanted to talk about because we're all about changing the stigma uh, behind therapy and that real people have these thoughts, celebrities have these thoughts. And uh, I mean, not that it's a, a, a normal, but... There is a stigma by it, and uh, it's something that's near and dear to my heart, and I know it's affected a lot of people in the world. And I know, I remember even at a very young age, thinking that I thought my family would be better off if I wasn't around. I mean, so I understand those feelings that can go into that, kind of like that um, self-worth, Um, picture that we paint of ourselves sometimes or the depression that we get into as we enter into, you know, we talk about young adults or young teens, you know, and then as it goes into adulthood or you hit a hard part in your life and we just always, you know, want to bring awareness to the subject that it is always okay to ask for help. Um, Reach out to anybody. People are really willing to listen because so we understand we can relate yeah and there's a lot of different uh um outlets for you to find information Uh, a lot of the information i'm looking at tonight is suicidepreventionlifeline.org and uh that's kind of a a national um suicide prevention website and so um it says right on one of these pages that we can all prevent suicide Understanding the issues concerning suicide and mental health is an important way to take part in suicide prevention, help others in crisis, and change the conversation around suicide. And that's how we want to just be one of those uh, factors in um, creating the conversation. And uh, so what they believe is that hope can happen. Suicide is not inevitable for anyone. By starting the conversation, providing support, and directing help to those who need it, we can prevent suicides and save lives. We can all take action. Evidence has shown that providing support services, talking about suicide, reducing access to means of self-harm, and following up with loved ones are just some of the actions we can all take to help others. Crisis centers are critical. By offering immediate counseling to everyone that may need it, Local crisis centers provide invaluable support at critical times and connect individuals to local services. So one of the things we talked about with uh, Carrie, uh, with the um, Human Service Agency in Watertown, South Dakota, is they also have state-funded programs. So they have programs available that uh, are provided by grants for income-based um, therapy. So the first thing I think we need to check off on this list is that there is therapy available for everyone, no matter matter your income level, no matter what you're going through, there are professionals there to help you. So um, plus sometimes you do have to take a hard look at your life and realize, 
you know, what you're spending your money on and if that's making you any healthier. You know, obviously, if you're buying drugs, those can be very expensive and they're, they're not helping you be a better person. Um, if you're spending money on alcohol every single day, that adds up very quickly and uh, that's not going to help you. Even uh, uh, my beverage of choice is Rolling Rock and a 12 pack of that is like $14.99. And imagine if you had one of those every day, you know, how quickly that adds up over a week or over a month. And uh, so to know the risk factors are characteristics that make it more likely that someone will consider attempt or die by suicide. They can't cause or predict a suicide attempt, but they're important to be aware of. So they list some talking points on here or bullet points, if you will, on uh, different risk factors. So um, I think with this to keep in mind, there's so many different levels. You know, uh, generally, I think suicide um, builds inside of you after um, what you feel are bad things happening to you over and over. Um, some are like your mental disorders, particularly mood disorders, schizophrenia, anxiety disorders, and certain personality uh, disorders, alcohol and other substance use disorders, hopelessness, impulsive and or aggressive tendencies, history of trauma or abuse, major physical illness. Um, you know, it reminds me of a story of someone that, um, was in a car accident and, and became completely paralyzed and um, wanted to completely give up hope and push their family away and said to um, just don't waste your life with me anymore um, and and move on. And then, you know, we got into that, uh, that depressive state and then um, uh, was able to pull out of that, thankfully. But that's how some of that, that can happen. Um, impulsive and or aggressive tendencies history of trauma or abuse, um, uh, previous suicide attempts, family history of suicide. Um, reminds me of different situations where we've heard of brothers and fathers um, that have committed suicide, uh, job or financial loss, uh, loss of relationships. Uh, that's, that's probably a pretty large one along with financial loss. Um, easy access to lethal means. Um, local clusters of suicide, lack of social support and sense of isolation. And, uh, here's a big one for me, us, uh, one of the, our core values, but stigma associated with asking for help. Um, you know, I, you think of, uh, when you're, uh, when you're older and, uh, you know, th those guys rarely asked for help. Um, yet alone cried about something or would even confide in their wife. They were the, the breadwinner and the man, man's man. And I think I was like that quite earlier in our marriage and um, pretty traditional, if you will. So my wife wasn't my confidant or someone that I um, felt like telling my problems to. Especially if he thought that she was part of the problem, which was not true. You know, but that's where what Carrie said that they have a 24 hour hotline that you can call in. And so even if you, you know, don't feel comfortable talking to your family or to your friends, there is those, um, even if you're not, you know, making a counseling appointment at that time is there was a hotline that you can call. I can't remember. What was it? I got it right here. Oh, you have it there when too. When you're done with your spiel. 
And so it's like the middle of the night. You need someone to talk to. You just call that hotline and they'll gladly talk talk to you. Don't yep. ever be afraid. Yeah. So on the suicidepreventionlifeline.org, there's a number that's 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. There's also a chat button. So you can click on that and, and uh, hook up with someone that'll sit there and chat with you. Maybe that would make you more comfortable and and then they could eventually could reach out. Um, some more of these issues are lack of health care, especially mental health and stu- substance abuse treatment. And, uh, you know, we luckily are in a situation where we do have insurance that helps us pay for our therapy. But even still, a lot of those therapists and counselors, they do what they do because they want to help people. They know there's a need to help people. And thankfully, the, the stigma has gone away more and more as the world becomes modern. But, you know, with all the COVID and and stuff floating around right now, that's made it even tougher on everybody. There's mask shaming. There's the opposite of mask shaming for those that don't want to wear it. Um, there's loss of income, loss of jobs, um, just lots of bickering on social media. And that sort of thing too. So, um, cultural and religious beliefs, such as the belief that suicide is a noble resolution of a personal dilemma, exposure to others who have died by suicide, whether in real life or via the media and internet. Uh, so then they go on to talk about, uh, know the warning signs. Some warning signs may help you determine if a loved one is at risk for suicide, especially if the behavior is new, has increased, or seems related to a painful event, loss, or change. If you or someone you know exhibits any of these, seek help by calling the lifeline. Again, that's 800-273-8255. Talking about wanting to die or to kill themselves. I can remember back when we were quite young, that was like one of the biggest things, obviously, if someone said that, you'd never took it lightly. Um, looking for a way to kill themselves, like searching online or buying a gun. Talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live. Talking about feeling trapped or in unbearable pain. Talking about being a burden to others. Maybe that was something you touched on earlier. Um, increasing the use of alcohol or drugs. Acting anxious or agitated, behaving recklessly, sleeping too little or too much, withdrawing or isolating themselves, showing rage or talking about seeking revenge, and extreme mood swings. So I think that at the lowest point in my life, I exhibited probably quite a few of those different attributes. Um, I don't think I openly talked about it or wanting to do it, but, um, you know, it's quite interesting and that's what... I like to dive into psychology is it's quite interesting how our mind works and on top of it, how you can change your mind and make yourself more positive and, and really understanding yourself is the key to changing some of these problems. But, um, there's certainly quite a bit of time in my life where I was very anxious or agitated. Um, the increasing use of alcohol, uh, you know, um, withdrawing or isolating myself. Um, those were quite a few signs there. And um, I I don't know, I'm not sure what to say, because if you've never actually 
felt this way, it's very difficult for other people to understand. But if you are sitting there and once you get to the point where you're thinking about um, taking that ultimate decision, uh, it almost feels good. It almost feels like you're doing what's right for the people around you, your friends, family, whatever that may be. Um, I can remember before we had kids and while we had kids different times, uh, we've talked about how I've been on antidepressants and abuse those, um, panic attack pills and abuse those with alcohol. And, uh, when you're, when you're driving down the highway and you see a big giant semi coming the opposite way and you, the, a thought comes into your mind, if I would just jerk the wheel to the left, everything could be, be over and be done. And, uh, I can't, I can't really bring myself back into that feeling but I know the thought process of how you think that you're causing so much pain to the people around you and you're in so much pain and all of that is false. And if I would have just reached out and found therapy then, and we always thought there was a cost issue and we always thought too, there was a stigma. It's just going to make us get a divorce if we go through it. And, um, that's really scary because I don't know how close I was to, to doing something like that or um, going to someone's place that I knew that had a some sort of gun or something and how quickly that would be over. And I wouldn't have to worry about bills, wouldn't have to worry about being broke, wouldn't have to worry about all the pain that I cause everyone around me by being such a bad person or how many times they upset my wife or whether I was going to be a good dad and based off of how my upbringing was. Was I going to be destined to repeat the same issues? And that just spins over and over and over again in your head. And all you can think about is how to make that pain go away. And um, so I can tell you that uh, one way to make that pain go away is therapy. And then being open and honest with your partner is because, you know, if, if I would have just been like, oh, he is in such a mood lately and left, things would have been different, but it's sticking by your partner, understanding when they're going through hard things, making sure that you're having that continuous communication and like helping to fight for one another, as well as for yourself that can make a huge difference in one another's lives. I know like as a kid, I don't remember suicide being so prevalent, but it feels like as we've gotten older, you hear more and more frequently um, about individuals in our community and some younger and younger kids. And it is so heartbreaking. My heart goes out to that individual when they feel like that's their last chance. My heart goes out to their families, not, you know, either knowing that they were struggling or wanting to get them help. And so just, just know that there is always those other options. I, I do love, Erilyn said tonight on the way home that um, their guidance counselor at school is going through the list of every child within the middle school and is doing a one-on-one -on -one with them. 
touching base to see how things are at school, how things are at home, you know, and at first glance, the kids don't quite understand why they have this person that's wanting to like meet them and pry into their lives. But I think it's amazing that they are taking that first step, wanting to make sure that they are being there for every student, recognizing what's happening at younger ages and being able to help them. Well, that's part of, uh, I think that slowly that stigma is starting to go away. You know, they guidance counselors uh, many, many moons ago were to help guide you into what you should do as you grow up, maybe which classes you should take. And now a lot of them are relative therapists and they talk with parents and students and that's a part of their job. Um, so one thing that I found that was really uh, interesting as well on this website is there's uh, lots of stories of hope and recovery. Um, there's one that is called Watch Me Dance, Watch Me Grow. Uh, and uh, her story, she says, you can be uncomfortable and you can also recognize so many other things about yourself. Being able to recognize that there is more out of every situation and we have the choice and the opportunity to pick which part of that situation we're going to focus on. So that's psychology 101. You know, you get handed some crap on a plate and are you going to focus on that the entire time or are you going to focus on how to make it better or how can you grow from this? Um, how to make it into a positive. Um, there's uh, one here that's uh, um, poetically saying, you don't need to be a doctor or a psychologist or a therapist to say the right words to someone. It can literally be one word, one sentence, and it and it just, it just clicks. Um, there's a story here um, that's, here's what I learned from my suicide attempt. And he says, I want to share this with you because life is complicated, hard, and often a constant struggle. But that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Um, so there's quite a few. There's seven pages of these different stories. And over to the right side, there's addiction, anxiety, borderline personality disorder, um, depression. Um, you know, and uh, so... I've been listening a little bit more to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, people tell me you should check that out. And one of the things he says is, you know, celebrities, to be able to put up with all that fame and attention and so on, they've got to be a little kind of crazy in a sense to, to deal with all that. And so recently over the weekend, I started watching this uh, David Letterman stuff on Netflix. And I found it extremely interesting because he's not somebody we watched back when he was on TV very often, every once in a while, but um, now he, I always understand the kind of respect and those kinds of people deserve, and for 30 years he was on television, and now he's 70-some years old, he's got a big, huge beard. And, <laughs> yeah, he looks a little different. Yeah, and uh, one of the episodes was Kanye West, and when he first broke onto the scene, if you will, he was one of my favorite rappers, and I thought he was very passionate and soulful and he had a lot to say, and I guess long story short, people think he's out out there a ways nowadays. And uh, I, I through this interview, I got to see a different part, a different side of him. And one thing I didn't, I guess, see uh, is that he's been diagnosed as bipolar. And the way he explains bipolar is it's different for everybody. But he says some people will just explain it as being 
um, almost like split personalities. And he says, well, I'm a Gemini. So I guess that could work for me. And that part stuck out to me because I'm a Gemini. And I think there's a lot of times where I could react to a situation one way and then react to it completely differently another time. I don't know if you can attest to my personality, but I think there's plenty of times where, oh, I would, Steve would love this or he'd be perfect for this or whatever. And then I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Or I want to do all of it and go above and beyond. So, um, but what I found then too is, you know, he started taking medication and then he was, and then he would go off the medication. And then when he could start to feel in his case, it was like it would ramp up and through therapy. And once he learned how, um, it ramped up, he could tell, okay, I need to do something about this. I need to seek therapy. I need to start my regiment. Um, one of the other interviews was Howard Stern. And if you know anything about Howard Stern, he can be pretty open. He can be pretty... Vulgar. Vulgar, yeah. That'd be a great word. And uh, But, you know, there's something to be said about somebody that's willing to just put everything out there like that. Not only for himself, but everyone around him. He tells all of it. And, uh, you know, he told a quick story. He said, one time I went too far with my mother and I, and I pushed her. I could talk about sex and all these different things with her. And this one time I talked about um, a story of hers and uh, she called me back later and um, after the show and she said that crying and said that that really hurt me. And and so he never did anything like that again, but it started to make him realize how um, what effect he can have on people. And um, his first marriage and kids, you know, he got a divorce and um, I don't know if he was actually a ladies man, but he sure entertained him quite a bit. Um, and now he's gone through a lot of therapy and he calls it learning about yourself. And that's something I talk about all the time. The more that you learn about yourself, the more, you know, how you're going to react to situations, the more, how you can keep yourself away from certain things, or even if you get into it, you know how to react better or help others, which is something that I would like to do. We would like to do. So, um, but both of them being huge celebrities, they have millions of dollars, any f woman they want. I mean, Kanye is married to Kim Kardashian. And as far as millions of followers think, she's the um, coolest thing since sliced bread. And he's got kids and all that. And he still struggles with mental disorders. We each have our own Pandora's box in a sense, right? We each have our own demons that you fight. And so just like we always talk about with the positivity, you have to you know, find your way of being able to change your mindset, overcome, you know, your darkness in order to find your bright light at the end of the path. And so with your Pandora's box of um, depression, mental anguish, you know, all those different thoughts that will play into the suicide, you know, mindset, you have to be able to close your box and be able to find something that'll help you um, work through those things in a healthy manner. Yeah, and so on this website, uh, suicidepreventionlifeline.org, um, there is even um, a spot on there where you can get help. Um, you can talk to someone now, um, help yourself, help someone else. Um, and these are different categories that you can get into, um, you know, and it kind of goes over some of those bullet points again, too. But it says contact a lifeline center. 
and you can click on that and it's find a crisis uh, find crisis services here uh, the do's and don'ts be aware of suicidal feelings uh, use the five action steps um, practice active listening that's something we've talked about numerous ta- times on our um, shows you know actively listening to someone that means acknowledge the speaker this can be as simple as a head nod or an uh-huh by acknowledging the speaker you are letting them know that you're listening to what they have to say and reminding yourself to pay attention uh, to what is being said to you respond verbally asking questions or making statements may help clarify what the speaker is saying it reminds the speaker that you are listening attentively and that you are here to help them and are truly concerned be sure to let the speaker finish talking before asking questions. Um, that might be a pet peeve of mine, but I just think conversation etiquette is very important. You know, if why do you want to have a conversation with someone if you're not going to really listen to what they have to say? And if you're already blurting out by the time they're done speaking, you're blurting out what you want to say, that's not a conversation. And it's not healthy, and it's not going anywhere. Um, summarize what you hear. Reflecting on what the listener is saying is also a positive verbal active listening technique. By repeating, paraphrasing, or even summarizing what the speaker has said shows that you are putting an effort to better understand them. Use phrases like, what I'm hearing is, or sounds like you're saying, these tactics can allow the speaker to hear what they are saying, which may help them find positive reinforcement. Uh, Look the part, keeping eye contact, maintaining good posture, and staying focused are key components of active listening and interpersonal communication. Being distracted and unfocused gives the speaker the impression that you are not paying attention. When you are actively listen, when you actively listen to someone, you are letting them know that you care about what they are saying and can indicate that you are concerned for their health and safety. And um all too often do we hear uh, some, something has happened and uh, they, someone made that ultimate decision. And uh, that can be a very difficult, uh, guilt-ridden um, feeling for you. And, uh, you know, we all say that, gosh, I wonder if I would have said this or if I would have reached out and said that. And one, you can't carry that burden with you, but... Uh, you know, there, there could be some truth in that. There could be some in, you know, if, if we were actively listening or did we kind of blow it off? Um, I don't know. In the world of social media and um, everything going on, stuff is flying at us a million miles an hour. And it's easy to just get caught up in our own world and think that what we have going on is busier than everything, you know, what's someone else. Hey, I have my own problems or I have my own stuff going on. And that is true. You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. But here's a lot of the different uh, things we've talked about to help you recognize where those people might be. Um, There's also a section on here where you can click social media safety. Um, You can find ways to support people in crisis online, build guidelines for your digital community, and learn how to report someone in crisis um, on different social media platforms. Um, I've clicked on the um, reporting someone before. And uh, when you do that, there's a lot of, at, at least I would appear Facebook is trying to, to help in some manner. But there's harassment, there's um, self-hurt or suicidal tendencies. 
And you can click on that and you can type in that person's name um, as I was doing a little bit of research. And uh, or you can basically report them. And and I didn't want to do that. Um, but I kind of thought about seeing how that would work out. But it looks like they they try to help find that person some help somehow or another. So I don't know. Maybe we could have experimented with each other. But I don't didn't want either one of us on a database for you know you're gonna enter my name no i just said if if we would have so again um we're on the suicide prevention lifeline.org the number for assistance is 800-273-8255 800-273-TALK um but i always put the number out there i don't know why they started years ago i guess it's just easier for you to remember and then you get home and you type it out manually but and I stare at it for a half hour trying to figure out what letters go with which number. Wasn't there a three-digit number last week we talked about with Carrie Johnston? No? No. Okay. Sorry. So, um, they they have so many different resources on here for people to um, get into. Knowing the lingo. Um, and there's tons of different campaigns, I can tell you, with working in the in media. Um, there's other grants out there too that help spread awareness for this and they're recognizing how important that can be. So if someone happens to be listening that's in that field, um, I found a section where um, there's media resources, there's networks, there's best practices, there's professional initiatives. Um, it even brought me to a section where we could um, apply for grants and I typed in podcast and um, there's even a grant that we could apply for up to 3500 if you wanted to um, do a campaign or you know something like that or um, it worked for radio TV and stuff like that as well so um, obviously our nation sees that um, as a concern uh, our local states counties whatever they all see this as uh, a big issue so um, so it was just something that weighed heavy on me um, recently. And uh, also talking with Carrie too, it's something I wanted to expand on. Typically September is suicide prevention awareness, but um, why not every day? Um, really, so, so uh, any of those thoughts that I've struggled with myself, um, I can tell you um, that therapy has exponentially Help me realize what things are important in my life, um, how to rise above, um, how to be more positive, and that it's okay not to be positive. And we talk about that in our group. We've talked about it on other episodes. Um, sometimes uh, you have to feel the feels, and you have to have a bad day, and you have to take a mental day. You know, that's what vacation is supposed to be for. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with telling your spouse, um, I'm going to take a day off or a couple days or whatever. And um, everybody would just pump their brakes and let me be for a bit. And, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever it is, you know, get with some friends and, and go hang out and blow off some steam, whatever that may be. But take those time, take that time for yourself. And uh, you have to be the best you that you can be in order to be the best for everyone around you and your family and, and in your life. And 
And so that's where um, those those thoughts, um, in my experience, you know, were over years and years, you know, um, marital troubles, financial troubles, um, how I was raised, troubles, um, not quite understanding why I was so unhappy when I had such a great family and, um, you, you know, work, all these different things. So, um, just, uh, just know that there's, there's all that help that's out there. And this is why this website really helped out a lot. Um, the one, um, website, uh, to find treatment was findtreatment.samhsa.gov. And I'll put that on our, um, that website on our post for the podcast too. So you can go the, go to the description and click on the website, but there was uh, substance abuse and mental health services administration is what that stands for. And .gov, it's a government website. So that's where we found some of those grants that were available and, uh, you know, anything we can all do to help raise awareness to something like this, um, and break down those barriers and take away that stigma of therapy, of just telling a friend that you really have a problem. Um, I really am having some, some dark thoughts. I am really struggling with this. But you know, on the, on the same end, and I know this is difficult, so it's not a judgment, but on the same end, if you're going to reach out to someone, you have to be willing to take their advice. You have to be willing to listen. And that was something I struggled with for a long time. And I didn't realize it until I gone through a lot of the therapy. But uh, if you want to reach out to someone, just please listen to what they have to say. You know, they do want to help and they do care about you. But if you fight them every, every way and you get mad at them, you yell at them. I mean, they're going to tell you things you don't want to hear. Just like when you're dealing with addiction. When you're dealing with addiction, nobody, the first step is admittance. And uh, you have to admit, I have a drug or al- alcohol problem. And then you, that's your first of many building blocks. So, and, you know, um, I think when you feel, you feel that way, um, there, there's some things you got to recognize about yourself too that got you to that place. Are you handling certain situations the best way that you can? Um, whether it's communicating, whether it's uh, going to, you know, uh, groups or church or um, therapy, um, you know, putting down the the abuse, the substance abuse. You know, you got to look at yourself, and that's one of the biggest things that therapy has done for me is is having me look inside. So I've talked this entire episode almost. That's okay. Well, sometimes the best therapy I believe is is talking through your own stuff. And so this is a touchy subject in general, but I wanted to wanted to just make it a conversation. It's breaking that stigma, that mold, you know, that it's not just women, it's adult, it's men, it's adults, it's kids. You know, there's so many out there that are struggling and so many of them are secretively struggling and we just don't know. Or they have and they've overcome and we just don't know people's stories you know it's that whole walk a mile in their shoes thing we don't always know what everyone has gone through what kind of a day they're having you know 
That's where if you are actually wanting to help spread a little positivity, spread a little joy, your smile, your kindness, your act of kindness in a day might be what could save somebody. It's treating each other with that respect, that kindness that can actually make a huge difference on one another. Well, and especially children, you know, we need to realize how much pressure we are putting our children under, uh, the episode that Ryan and I had, um, we really touch on, um, a lot of these teenagers have the same amount of stress, if not more than what adults do. Now think of me at 36 years old, how much better equipped per se I am to handle that kind of stress. Now put a teenager who is dealing with puberty, who's dealing with starting to like the opposite sex or whatever. Um, especially someone that might be interested in the same sex. I, I don't know how difficult that could be because it certainly is much more difficult to deal with in our area um, than, you know, big, huge cities and so on. Um, although that's coming down more and more here, but you know, that's, um, that's something that uh, um, I think we both see um, people struggle with. Um, you know, homosexuality, I think is very difficult in our area. And uh, you add adolescence to that and they don't know how to react. They don't know, they don't think ahead of what their actions are going to be. And um, knowing people that have children our age or a little bit older that they're afraid that that could be a possibility. Um, You know, I'd like to say we're fortunate to not have to worry about that, but you just never know. And um, so... There's obviously family therapy. There is um, um, children therapy. Um, I went to mediators and stuff when I was a kid and some sort of psychologist I can barely remember. But um, one thing I remember is I was must have been so off the wall and crazy with some of my stories and stuff that um, they would... Uh, she wanted to record it. So I just remember her... Um, having a video camera in there and uh, recording stuff. I was telling stories and being goofy and things like that. But obviously I just wanted attention. We know where all that comes from too. So um, I think we've broken down the psychology of that in some episodes before. So, um, but that's main, that's most of everything that I, that I think I wanted to cover really. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add, but It's really about suicide prevention awareness. And uh, we wanted to give you the tools to do the research yourself, do the research for yourself to help someone else. If you're a professional, there's providers and professionals on that tab. Um, There's ways to get help. There's ways to learn, um, ways to get involved. You can donate as well. Um, So, you know, please, uh, please, please, if anything, uh, more than anything I can tell you is to truly try to understand where someone is coming from. You uh, you said it earlier, walk a mile in their shoes, but, but yes, um, understanding what someone else is going through and putting yourself in their shoes and truly trying to understand it is, is different. It's not a judgment. It's not, um, you know, you hear it labeled as it's a cowardly act and maybe there's truth in that. But um, I've also heard, too, that we're not capable of hurting ourselves. 
And for you to do that, you are temporarily insane or temporarily mentally challenged or however you need to politically word it. But um, we're not supposed to be able to just go up to ourselves and cut ourselves or hit ourselves. Um, So understand that they're not in the right frame of mind. And uh, you could do something that could help them. Um, If you're the person in that situation, there are lots and lots of people out here that are dedicated day in and day out, overnight, whenever, that are here to help. You make a difference in this world. Whoever is listening and needs to hear that, you make a difference. You have a purpose. Don't forget that. Yeah. So episode 43, um, we try to wrap up all of our episodes with positivity. And uh, the most positive thing, as I can say, is not only am I here today, but um, I've never actually attempted it. And um, now we have a podcast that's um, about raising awareness to different um, issues throughout the world. Through storytelling, sometimes it's something as simple as helping people get to college and we find a way to get facts put in statistics in there. Um, we might even have a professional on like we did last week. So so there's the positivity, folks. And uh, we thank you for all your support. Seems like we continue to grow more and more and uh, our average listenership. <laughs> Up in the peas. Yep. And our group is growing little by little too. So thank you all for that. And uh, we appreciate you. Are you done? I think so. Okay. <sighs> thank you all from the bottom of my hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We're on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Thank you, and as always, please always stay positive. Positive.